This morning, we want to ask another troubling question of God. God, what do you learn? What do you want me to learn from this crisis? What do you want me to learn from this coronavirus pandemic? Before we answer that question, again, I'd just like to ask a prayer upon our time together in the Word. Dear, dear Father, bless us now as we spend some time. Uh, some time looking at your word and uh, listening to your voice. And God, I pray that you'll speak to each of us. I, I pray that uh, for challenge here this morning, I, I pray for your help and your spirit's work in, in these moments. It's in your son's name, the name of Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Let me share with you this morning what prompted uh, today's message. I know that many of you receive a regular email from Nathan Davenport, updating, up, uh, updating us on his life and his ministry with the Pioneer Bible Translators. Something that he wrote in one of those uh, emails last month really impacted me and how I looked at this pandemic. And here's what he wrote. He says, when this crisis is over, how will I have changed as a father, husband, follower of Jesus. Will this time of, of shelter in place be one remembered as a season of great growth in God, a time where the presence and influence of the Holy Spirit became a more apparent in my life? Or, or will it be an era marked by impatience, irritability, indifference, or, or, worse, or worse, a mere blimp on my storyline that I soon forget. If I can be transparent, I don't want to go back to the same ministry. I really don't. I, I don't want to be the same person nor return to business as usual either. I also do not want to barge through the life lessons and insight that the Father has patiently and graciously shown me during this season of surf searching. If there is one cry that has consistently been on my heart the last couple of weeks, it has been, God, would you give me more of an awareness of your Holy Spirit, more of you. I think all of us should feel that way as followers of Jesus. Shouldn't we all want to be better disciples because of the crisis? Shouldn't we all want to grow spiritually? Shouldn't we all want more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Should we not all want to learn lessons, life lessons from God? You hear this phrase used often politically today. You, you don't want to let a crisis go to waste. Well, this morning I want to use that same phrase, spiritually speaking. You don't want to let this crisis go to waste. After this pandemic is over, you don't want to be the same person. You don't want to return to business as usual. And so we ask this morning, God, what do you want me to learn from this crisis? To help us answer that question, I, I want to challenge you to ask yourself uh, seven questions. In last week's lesson, I shared seven ways that God can work good in a crisis. And remember what he promised in Romans 8, 28. He said, and, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, 
who have been called according to his purpose. That means in some ways, God is working good in this pandemic. God is making us better people and better disciples. But, but are you and I letting him do that good work in us? I believe these seven questions will help each of us answer that question, as well as the question, what does God want, want us to learn from this crisis? And so here's the first question. Again, you might want to write these down. I, am I listening to God's voice? As I talked last week, the coronavirus has slowed many of us down in life. We have more time than ever to spend with God, more time than ever for him to speak into our lives. But, but I'm, I'm wondering this morning, are we listening to his voice? I mean, even if it's, we're as busy as we've ever been, are we listening to God's voice? In the 10th chapter of John, Jesus describes himself as a good shepherd, and he describes us as his followers as sheep. And he says in verse number 10, he says, I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And then skipping down to verse number 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There is a special relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. It begins when the little lamb is born into the flock. And over the years, the shepherd gets to know each individual sheep. And the sheep get to know the shepherd and get to know his voice. And, and so when he leads, they listen to his voice and they follow. You know, you can't have a good relationship with another person without listening. I mean, not just hearing their voice, but really listening to what they have to say and responding to them. In premarital counseling, I, I teach something called reflective listening. See, see, many marriages fail because couples aren't listening to each other. So, so in reflective listening, what one person says, he, he, they make a statement, they speak, and the other person can't speak until they fully understood what the first person has said. I mean, this is, this, this is what I've heard you say. And, and once they get that right, then they can share. I would like to suggest that we need to do some reflective listening in our relationship with God. We need to have some quiet time with him to get to know him, to get to hear his voice that we might follow him and follow him more closely. I mean, how can we learn anything from God during this crisis if we're not listening to him? And so ask yourself, am I listening to God's voice? Question number two, is God convicting me about some sin or wrong? attitude. The Lord has a way of getting our attention during life's difficulties. I mean, he wants us to pause and just evaluate the life that we're living and the attitudes that we have. Nathan talked about some of the sins or wrong attitudes that we might have during this pandemic. He talked about impatience and irritability and indifference. Now we could add to that list anger Selfishness, bitterness, judgmental, hatred, prejudice, gossip, disrespect, 
division, and probably a, a hundred other wrongs. People, it is so easy to see what's wrong in other people's lives, and it is so difficult to see what's wrong with our own lives. We, we, can, we can be exactly as Jesus describes in the seventh chapter of Matthew, seeing the speck of dust in our brother's eye and missing the plank of wood that's in our own eye. Seeing the wrong in others and missing the wrong in ourselves. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 7, verses 4 and 5. He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrites, first take the plank out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly enough to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so the first thing that Jesus says we need to do is we need to take the plank out of our own eye. We, we need to see what's wrong in our lives, in our hearts. We, we need to work on our sins and our wrong attitudes. We can't waste this crisis if all we do is see everyone else's sin and we never deal with the sin in our own lives. I mean, how can God bring good from this difficult circumstance if we don't ask and answer this second question? Is God convicting me about some sin or wrong attitude? Number three, is God reminding me how fragile life is? I mean, certainly this pandemic has made us painfully aware of the uncertainty of life. I mean, there is just a little line between life and death and eternity. Oh, well, we may think this morning that, well, I've got many more years to live. <laughs> but the truth is, we don't even know if we got the rest of today. <laughs> the, the Bible emphasizes that life is fleeting. Psalm 144, verse number 4 says, Man is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. James 4, verse 14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. 1 Peter 1, 24, it says, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls. Life on earth will be here one day and it will be gone the next. And that's why Paul says what he does in Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. He says, look carefully then at how you walk, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Because life is so precious. Because life is so fleeting. We need to make the best use of the time that we have today. The, the best time to get right with God and with others is right now. The, the best time to share God's love and message is today. The best time to honor God and obey Him is to hear and now. Is that the good thing that God is trying to teach you and me during this pandemic? Is God reminding me how fragile life is and that I need to make my days count 
My days count for him and for others. Now, number four, is God growing me and my faith in him? The, the Lord knows that we grow more in the difficult times of life than we ever do in the easy times. Our faith grows when it is tested. I mean, any parent knows that some lessons in life need to be learned by our children the hard way. Our kids just have to experience, and our Heavenly Father knows that same truth, that there are some things that his kids, that us, you and me, have to learn the hard way. We have to experience it. You can't develop such qualities as perseverance and character and hope without going through some tough times. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote as he did in Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. He says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, Paul is not telling us here we need to take pleasure in suffering. I mean, nobody enjoys suffering, <laughs> But we should be glad that God can use life's difficulties. He can use life's sufferings to grow us. It's one of the purposes that he has for permitting crisis in our lives to grow us and our faith. I mean, it's something that's echoed uh, by, by James in James 1, verses 2 through 4. Listen to what he said. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be strong in, in character and ready for anything. God wants to use our suffering to make us better, not, not bitter, I, I can tell you, I, I think in many ways, I'm a stronger believer today. I have a greater faith because of the difficult times that, that I've gone through in my life. And I think the same thing is true for me, that true for you is it's true for me. And so ask yourself, is God growing me and my faith in him during this crisis? And, and then number five, is God humbling me in my self-sufficiency? I mean, we think that we can do it ourselves. We can live life ourselves. That is until we face a crisis. And then we recognize how much we need the Lord. That's the reason that Jesus didn't heal Paul and his thorn in the flesh. Paul's thorn in the flesh taught him that he needed to depend upon God and upon God's power. We find that story over in 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verses 7 through 10. It, listen to this. It says, To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. The Bible doesn't tell us what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. It was some physical ailment that Satan had inflicted upon his life. 
But when Paul prayed for healing, God didn't heal him. Instead, God wanted to see this thorn. He wanted to use this thorn to teach Paul a lesson of humility. I mean, there's, uh, there are those who are strong in their ability, strong in, in the resources that they have in their life. And sometimes if we're like that, we're tempted to think that God's work, we can do it ourselves. It is so easy to become arrogant, self-sufficient. But God wanted to remind Paul to depend upon his grace and his power and not his own. And sometimes we need to be reminded of that same thing, that we need to remember how much we need God and his power and his grace. That's why God may at times choose not to heal every one of our illnesses, not to solve every one of our problems. He wants to humble us that we might depend upon him. See, Paul was at his strongest when he depended upon God. And people, we are at our strongest when we depend upon him. And so we need to ask ourselves, is God humbling me in my self-sufficiency? Now, number six, is God equipping me to help others? The Lord comforts us in our suffering that we might be able to comfort others. He helps us in our crisis that we might help others in their crisis. Paul taught this over in, in, first, uh, in, in the first chapter of 2 Corinthians. Look, look at verses 3 and 4. It says, all praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the source of every mercy and the God who comforts us. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When others are troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. And so with every problem that we have, with every illness that we suffer, with every crisis that we go through, God is equipping us to help others. That means those who have struggled with cancer, are equipped to help those who are struggling with cancer. Those who have experienced a divorce are equipped to help others who are dealing with divorce. Those who have lost a child or a spouse are equipped to help those who lose a child or spouse. Those who have struggled with a strong-willed child are equipped to help parents who are struggling with strong-willed children. Through our difficulties... God is equipping us to minister to others with those same difficulties. Plus, as I emphasized a few weeks ago, we help ourselves when we help others. And so we need to ask ourselves in this crisis, is God equipping me in some way to, to, to help others? And, and then number seven, is God using me to bring him glory? As I said last week, one of the greatest witnesses that we have as Christians is how we handle the difficult times of life with God's help. In John, the ninth chapter, Jesus is asked by his disciples the reason that a certain man was born blind. They asked, was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? And so here's how Jesus responds 
in John 9, verse number 3. He says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in his life. Jesus told his disciples that the reason for this man's blindness was not that he or his parents had sinned, but that God's working might be displayed in his life. In just a few moments, God was going to heal this man and give him his sight. And people, sometimes God brings healing to our lives, healing to our problems. However, there are other times when, when he helps us through life's illnesses and problems. He doesn't solve them all. I have seen both happen during my, my ministry. I have seen people heal some people as a testimony to others of God's great power. And at the same time, I have seen God not heal other people as a testimony to others of God's faithfulness in a crisis. God may use our experience to help us advise and encourage others who pass through those same trials. God may use our suffering to break through the hardness of another person and bring change in their lives. God may use our unresolved need to motivate others to keep searching for a solution from which others will benefit. God may use our endurance in suffering rather than the suffering itself to be an encouraging example to other believers. And so in this crisis and every crisis, we need to be asking is God using me to bring him glory? Whether it works out exactly as we would like or not. That, that brings us to some practical uh, application this morning. What, what are we going to do as a result of this morning's message? Let, let me suggest three things. Num number one, I'd like to just challenge you to carve out some time each day to spend with God reading his word and listening to his voice. Now again, for many of you, you've got more time than ever on your hands. And so use that time. But, but even for those who are busy, I mean, let's just carve out some time when we can spend it with God, his word, listening uh, for his voice. And then second, I, I want to just challenge you during one of your quiet times this week to ask yourself the seven questions in today's study. Ask these seven questions, okay? Am I listening to God's voice? Take an honest look. Answer that question. Is God convicting me about some sin or a wrong attitude? As, as again, I listen to his voice, as I experience life, as I read the word, is God convicting me? Is, is God reminding me how fragile life is? Is God growing me in my faith in him? Is God humbling me in my self-sufficiency? Is God equipping me to help others? And is God using me to bring him to glory? Know what you need to learn from God and what you need to do as you answer the, those questions. I mean, as you evaluate your life, what is God saying to you? That, that's the question we've asked this morning. I mean, God, what do you want me to learn from this crisis? 
Well, again, we, we may end up learning absolutely nothing. It'd only be a blimp in our life story, as Nathan put it. But, but God wants to use this uh, for his benefit. He wants to use this for his glory. He wants us to be different people. He wants us to be better people. He wants us to be better disciples because of what we experience here. And, and so really spend some time with those questions and this question uh, this week. Let, let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Father, I pray for each individual here. Uh, I, I pray for everyone that's watching and everyone who's listening. God, I pray that you'll do a work in, in their lives. God, it is so easy in these moments to, to begin to be irritable and short and frustrated. And, and God, I pray that we'll just use this time to our benefit and to your benefit. And so God, work in each of our lives. Uh, just help us, encourage us, come alongside us, and, and maybe most important, use us to help others. God, we thank you so very much for your son, Jesus. We thank you so much for your word that teaches us and challenges us. And so God, help us not just to be hearers of your word, but help us to be doers of your word. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.